3: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand.
4: Absolutely
5: awesome to see you down in Florida, Roddy. Unfortunately, you are at the grind. Working, LOL. Enjoy it, man. You deserve it. How about that? Listen, please don't feel sorry for me. Darren, do you feel sorry for me when I got to work? I feel sorry for me. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
5: exactly kind of a life that I could settle into oh, real yeah.
3: fun sun, and surf it's the Rod Peterson show
5: it sure is and that's the scene in South Florida everybody we are back for a while and you are watching your favorite daytime sports and entertainment show the RP show on Game Plus television thanks for joining in we're hearing from a lot of our viewers today we're having a lot of fun it is NHL trade deadline day. What is it currently, 1 p.m. Eastern? Two more hours until the trade deadline is over as we bring the Moose back in.
2: Uh, Darren Moose DuPont, he is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. How are you doing, Moose? I'm doing really good. I got the Trade Center watching it a little bit in the, in the break, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's an exciting day in the NHL, for sure. It always is.
5: Uh, you still have both headphones in, so... That's a good sign uh, for the (laughs) viewers that don't know. Darren's under the weather, feeling ill, and the the cue was, if he yanks his headphones out, I'm out. You seem to be doing just fine.
2: Yeah, we're doing okay. I got some some tea going, so not so bad. The show's going great. Everybody
5: loves it, and I appreciate that. And I want to tell you something. I'm glad that you have TSN's NHL trade deadline coverage on. Um, Clearly, I do not. But all of the talk here in South Florida is of a couple things. One, again, for those that just tuned in, the Florida Panthers are hot topic on sports radio this morning. They're talking about it and the Claude Giroux deal. People that don't even follow the Florida Panthers now say they're Florida Panthers fans, and I've got some thoughts on that. And that's fine. I'll get to that. But the other thing is, of course, March madness. And I wanted to tell you this. You said that you hadn't been watching ESPN in the last 24 hours. You see that Arkansas has made the Sweet 16 in March Madness, and uh, Charles Barkley has said if the Razorbacks go on to win it all, his alma mater, he'll take his shirt off. And everybody's like, no, 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 Chuck. Nobody wants that. <laughs> you know, that's the big talk down here. Um, I'm trying to keep it on the rails in terms of you know me being a squirrel, and from Monday, I think I've done really well. But I have to say, a couple things have flooded my mind. Um, One, people jumping on the Florida Panthers bandwagon. It's going to be fun. Did you watch the Bill Lindsay interview, man?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, if this group can get it together uh, and go on a run. The the problem is it's just so difficult to get not only out of the, uh, the conference, out of the division. And, you know, last year, the Florida Panthers were a team that could have won a Stanley Cup problem is they had tampa bay in the first round and we know how that went right they gave tampa quite a run so it all depends on your matchup you got to get a little bit lucky but this group seems to you know be one who's learned a little bit and uh, maybe this is the year that they're ready to, to take the next step
5: well we're going to be here for it regardless and i hope it is a long run and it was pretty cool that bill Lindsay said hey come look me up in the press box and you know me moose i will but it reminds me of something, because there's a lot of people, our, our analytics people say, one of the top searched things is, who is Rod Peterson? So people are just discovering us for the first time. 720 shows in, Moose. They're just finding us now. And they didn't know that I spent 20 seasons as the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and 17 in the Western Hockey League. So I just want to say at the peak of rider pride, the absolute peak, I want to say was 9 We'd won the Grey Cup in 07, and then we were in Grey Cups in 09 and 10. We ended up losing them both. But that was the peak. Jim Hobson was our president, and I remember being at the Grey Cup in Edmonton, and it was green, Ryder green, as far as the eye could see. And like all down Jasper Avenue and all over downtown downtown Edmonton, I remember calling my mom in Milestone, Saskatchewan, tiny Milestone, Saskatchewan, and I'm like, Mom, I think every rider fan in the world is here in Edmonton. And she's like, no, they're all here. I remember going out to West Edmonton Mall to get away from the madness. Scott Schultz and I went out on the Friday night. West Edmonton Mall packed with rider fans. So I would, again, you know me, stop and ask people, hey, where are you from? Expecting they would say, Norway, Macklin, Turtleford. Right. Nippowin. No, it was... Cambridge, Ontario. Why are you wearing a Rider jersey? Well, it's the thing to do. Flew out here for a cup, and it's the thing to do is be a Rider fan. I remember playing the next year, I think, maybe it was two years later in Fort McMurray, coming home from, remember we played Edmonton in the preseason? Yep. And I remember flying back commercially, and there was a, I'm trying to remember, it was me, a lady, and Chris Getzlaff. And the lady was wearing a Rider jacket. And I'm like, oh, you're from Saskatchewan? She's like, no, Newfoundland. What? You're cheering for the riders in Fort McMurray? And she's like, what's the thing to do? You know, that was at the peak. of. So what I'm saying is the Florida Panthers don't care if the bandwagon's getting full. This is my end to a very long story. They don't care. Buy your jerseys, buy your tickets, come on board! Because it doesn't last forever. Now's the time. And just one more story which i didn't mean to get derailed but it came up last hour right about getting left behind by your team because i remember there was a broadcaster in the western league i can't remember who it was you would might know the story but he got left behind in a gas station by the team and i'm like man that would suck he didn't call a cab and like cab it two and a half hours because the team left him in the bathroom i thought how much would that suck then it happened to me at Commonwealth Stadium in 2018, first game, preseason game, that was the game that Getzlaff debuted with the Eskimos. And on that first drive, it was like four straight passes to Getzlaff down the field, and he caught a touchdown to shove it down the rider's throat. Remember that? Yeah. And then, you know, I'm wrapping up the post game showing my color guy Luke's calling me, like, yo, you better get hurry up, man. The bus is leaving. I'm like, what? I'm wrapping up my post game. He's like, ah, they don't care. Wheels are turning. So, like, wrap up the postgame show, race down the stairs, bus is gone. You know that feeling, Moose, where you just instantly start sweating? Yes. Oh, yeah. Because I knew they were going straight to the airport. They weren't going to the hotel. I'm calling right. cabs. I'm checking Uber. I'm calling friends. I'm like, what the hell? I'm starting to think that I'm going to be stuck in uh, Edmonton that night. And I didn't want that. Nothing against Edmonton, but I wanted to get home. And so, so anyways, ended up grabbing a cab commonwealth stadium's not exactly near downtown had to run a couple blocks hail one down sweating like a hooker in church and we're racing to catch up to the bus on the freeway down towards the airport and i'll never forget that cab finally caught the bus and i'm waving out the back window and craig dickinson is so special he's beating on the window like hi and i'm like no no, i'm trying to catch (laughs) up to
4: you you guys left me
5: Ended up making it, but that was the pre- first uh, preseason game of the year, and I knew that, I'm like, these guys don't care. This is going to be my last season with the Rough Riders. I knew it then,
2: and that's what ended up happening.
5: But have you ever been left behind?
2: Yeah, once. And Tell me, you know, tell me. Um, it, it, w- it was in uh, La Ronge. So the rule was, we were, and we were going to Flin Flon that day, for the next game in the SJ, I was doing SJHL games in 2006 or seven. Can't remember exactly which year it was, but the rule was if the bus was leaving at two o'clock, it was pulling out at two oh five, no matter what, there was a five minute window. So they said the itinerary said leaving at two. If you were there or not, the bus was leaving five minutes after that time, no matter what. So I was rooming with the trainer and uh, I was helping him pack up all his gear. And as we rolled out, under the balcony we saw the bus pulling away and so now what do we do right same thing so we go down to the lobby sure enough there was three other players who missed the bus we all hailed a cab in Larange, which at the time was a giant astro van and we had to cab it over luckily the bus was just going to uh, the pregame meal though at the restaurant so we only had to take a 10 minute uber ride or a bus ride or a cab ride over there and uh, we were able to, to get on the bus and the penalty and I was a broadcaster. The penalty for missing the bus was the, the five of us that missed the bus. We had to pack it that night after the game. So they waited till I was done my radio broadcast. I had to go down there and pack all the bags onto the bus at the end of the night. So that was that. But well, on yours, just so you the know, only question I have about... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. The only question I have for you is you were doing your postgame show. If Luke's your color guy, what was he doing on the bus? And not on the air with
5: you. Do you forget how things rolled back then? I was the ox pulling the cart. The whole (laughs) cart. Uh, So yeah, and by the way, I wasn't lollygagging. I'd done 400 of those post-game shows. I wasn't stretching it out.
4: Anyways. um, There are a lot of people writing in on the Giroux trade. John in Edmonton writes and he says, Riders president and CEO
5: Craig Reynolds acknowledged that some unvaccinated fans have voiced their intention to spend their money elsewhere, still harboring hard feelings for their exclusion last season. That's their problem. I don't care about that. Uh, Wayne in Victoria says, that's quite the story, Rod. I didn't realize that we had people from Newfoundland jumping on our bandwagon.
4: That's great. Yeah, Wayne, it was 10 years ago. Chop, chop, follow along. (laughs)
5: <laughs> ryan mccarthy in new york says i was today years old when i learned there was a turtleford saskatchewan again saskatchewan has great town names oh my god we could go on forever how about that security guard at gray eagle the day we were packing up to leave it's 1 eastern by the way we're on the right track 11:11 in the homeland Just having so darn much fun. I'll get to you guys' comments about Giroud in a minute, but Jeff Cabillus is watching in Winnipeg, and he says, lollygagging. Haven't heard that one in a while. Lollygagging, dilly-dallying. What else? This is all hockey terms, I think, in a lot of ways. I remember Wayne Rogers, Milestone Saskatchewan. Don't be dilly-dallying out of your zone with it. Get it off the boards at all. Make
4: that pass. Don't be dilly-dallying with it
5: phrase came up last night i told you the um dinner party we were at in dodge city
4: the phrase gotta skate what's that mean we gotta go we gotta skate gotta move gotta gotta skate gotta get going you can imagine in, in south florida that would not be uh common vernacular right? New. No. no um John in Edmonton, stop asking so many questions. Dan Saravelli,
5: watching in New Jersey, he's a Flyers fan. Dan, the situation, Feli, uh writes in on a few things. He says, the Enterprise squad going to make the trip to a Panthers game. Well, Dan, I'll be here. You look me up. Uh, he goes on to say, I love Giroux but I still believe Lindros and Clark are the best captains in Flyers history. Let's hear from the Philly crowd. You know, we're very big in Philadelphia, Darren. We've seen the analytics. Very big in Philadelphia where they carry us. us. I'm not sure the cable carrier there. I'd have to look it up. Nobody said that Claude Giroux was the best captain in Philly history. What we did say and what you probably heard is that he's the longest serving captain in Flyers history at 10 years. Bobby Clark is, was, always, will be the best captain in uh, Philadelphia Flyers history because he captained them to back-to-back Stanley Cups. Lind Ross, yeah, Legion of Boom, I get it.
2: We all saw it. He know Bobby Clark. No, he's not. So, yeah. he, was, he was great. Hall of Famer. You know, won a Hart Trophy, I believe, And Art Ross, but didn't win a cup. Got close, but didn't win one. Um, John in Edmonton says, uh, it's
5: a fan active show, show Rod, so yeah, fans can ask questions. Yeah, I'm just sick of your questions.
3: How about that?
5: Tony, Tony Cernick, watching an Estevan, says, lollygagging was in the Bull Durham
4: movie. Yeah, but we were saying it before that. We were saying it in, like, the 70s. Um, oh man, Nelson, Nelson, the VP
5: of Sim Events, writes in, he says, now we just need the East Coast to jump on their own CFL bandwagon and make it 10, as in 10 teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm personally tired of waiting for that. So you guys go figure it out. We're going to talk about other things. Now, having said that, I I said we had viewer mail, Moose, and that I was going to wait until you came back to address it. Mm Mm-hmm. Drew Stanton writes in, and I'm not sure where he's from. The title of his email is Calgary Flames, ECHL Team. And then in the email, it says, Hi Rod, should the CFL create a minor league development league to give Canadian college football standouts a chance to play at a pro level and develop into being ready to play in the CFL? And this way give smaller sports market cities a chance to host a pro football team and also help create jobs throughout Canada? So what's your take? And as always, opinions please. This from Drew Stanton, who clearly is a new viewer. He's just discovered us on Game Plus TV, but I don't know where he is. Because in the time we have left at this segment, can I just say I've been beating this drum for years to the point that I'm not beating it anymore. You know, we came up with a concept of the Canadian Arena League of Football, CAF, C-A-L-F. The viewers named it, but An indoor football, it's exactly what I've been saying for the last five, six years is what he's promoting. And I'll just say that there's a movement afoot for that to, in fact, happen. I'm not involved and the Moose isn't involved, but we know the people that are involved. So to say, how do I feel about a minor league to develop pros for the CFL? We've only been saying it, Darren, for years.
2: Yeah, we have. You know, I think it's a great idea. The only issue that comes up, the only one is money, right, is money. We know the salaries, you know, they're getting better in the Canadian Football League, which is exciting, but, you know, you're not going to be able to pay players that kind of money either. So that's the only issue is money and and eyeballs and and can you create enough revenue uh, to to help it survive, you know, when we're a country of 33, 4 million, um, that's the only issue, but it would be really exciting.
5: Yeah, well, as they often say, anything can be done. It just takes money. And in the absence of money, probably a little know-how, a little elbow grease, some luck. And uh, we're putting all of those things into this show. Yeah. And it's paying off. I think there's a market to be had. And uh, I think there's some success to be had for a minor league arena football league across Canada. But I'm not going to do it. I love the idea. Not my jam. We'll continue this, uh, Moose, and look ahead to tonight. We'll recap uh, what's gone on so far in the NHL trade. Dan, we'll update the poll results when we come back. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus television network. You're also listening in, uh, at rodpeterson.com, live streaming on YouTube. And if you missed any portion of the show, you can always catch the podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify.
3: Head to youtube.com slash the Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it, let's head back to the studio. Here's Rob.
5: All right, welcome back everybody. I assume I'm on the screen. Hi Moose. Hi, you are Moose. I'm just, uh, I'm just making an Instagram poll from the show account at the Rod Peterson show on Instagram. Does Flurry make Wild a cup contender? I guess I should put, does Flurry make Wild a cup contender? Uh, yeah. That's the big trade of the day. Marc Andre Flurry going to the Minnesota Wild for a conditional first round pick. The question is does he make the Minnesota Wild a cup contender? And the fact of the matter is they're going to be in the playoffs. So I would say, don't you think if you make the playoffs, all 16 teams in the playoffs are cup contenders? Don't you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, especially in hockey, when you get on a run, the margin from being at the top of the league to being a, you know, 15 or 16 team getting into the playoffs in one of the final spots, it's pretty small. So yeah, once you get in, you have a chance. Um, But when you know, you know, we kind of have an idea who the real cup contenders are. I think Minnesota is one. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury said he wants to, you know, play somewhere who has a chance to win, and that's Minnesota. I mean, you look at all the different options he maybe had. You know, Edmonton's one. They're talking about, you know, what's the urgency for the Oilers to make a a move in net? I mean, they picked up Kulak on the back end, um, and then, you know, maybe they were in the running for Marc-Andre Fleury, but their cap situation didn't really allow it. So. There was a, a limited number of, of places Marc-Andre Fleury could go, and Minnesota's pretty lucky to have him.
5: Yeah, with Tacona Poundy watching in Winnipeg, says the Wild were cup contenders without him. So for sure. You go back and watch hour one, uh, Bill Lindsay, uh, saying between Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury, that is a pretty good tandem. I see guys writing in about the CFL Discussing, moving the hash marks closer together. Guys, I don't want to talk about that on NHL trade deadline day. Not today. It's We save that for football Fridays. Sports update. There are four games on the ice in the National Hockey League. The last place Montreal-Canadians search for their second straight win as they host the Boston Bruins tonight. The Oilers carry a five-game win streak into Colorado. The Vegas Golden Knights travel to Minnesota, and they say the Flowers get a start for the Wild against the Golden Knights tonight. Like, how about that? And the Anah- Anaheim Ducks, looking to halt a six-game losing skid, are at home to Nashville. Who thought the Anaheim Ducks were going to be a wet paper box thump? bottom falling out oh no here as we enter the like i was feeling pretty 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 excited about my prediction to have them third in the pacific division well turns out that's the la kings i was 35 miles off i don't know what the hell's happened to the anaheim ducks they're gonna be good but you know what i think it is and i should have known this darren they're an extremely young team The Sam Steels and the Josh Mahuras and the Drysdales and the Zegrises, and they don't realize it's 82 games, boys. And that's what makes you a pro. That's what makes you an NHLer. They'll realize it, but they just realized it. Yeah. So they might be a good pick in the years ahead. And that's what I see. What do you see out of Anaheim?
2: Yeah, young young group and it's really hard to win and win consistently in the NHL. You got to be really good and dialed in and focused and and you know this we know they're good and maybe they can get things together here down the stretch, but um you kind of thought it was too good to be true for a while. You know, everybody thought for the most part that Anaheim, you know, was going to be a team that was going to struggle to find their way a little bit being so young, but you know what? We saw what they're capable of. We saw it, you know, in the first half of the season how good this team is going to be. So I wouldn't panic in Anaheim. I think everything's going to be okay. It just might not happen this year.
5: Kerry Inerson and Team Canada hope to improve on a 2-2 two two record when they face Denmark today at the World Women's Curling Championship in Prince George. Canada dumped Turkey 8-4 on Sunday before falling 11-3 to the Swiss. Swiss and Turkey. I'm getting hungry. Switzerland, <laughs> Japan, and Korea enter day three of the tourney with perfect 3-0 records. (coughs) Pardon me. Fred Van Vliet is expected to be back in the lineup tonight when the Toronto Raptors visit the Chicago Bulls. The star point guard sat out last night's 93-88 win over Philadelphia with a knee injury. Toronto one game behind the Cavaliers in the battle for the number six seed in the NBA's Eastern Conference. The Raptors have won six straight road games. The Boston Red Sox have a, reportedly agreed to terms with former Colorado Rockies all-star shortstop Trevor Story in a six-year, $140 million contract that would bring him to Boston to play second base. Uh, more baseball in a sec. Just tell you, Ballers Rec Room, check out our brand-new line of games and for the Tap brew house and Drive-Thru Liquor Store. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. One thing we have here in South Florida, Darren, is a thing called MLB Network. And I've been watching it a lot. And I'll be honest, what do you get? It's the power of the media. I'm getting soaked up in the MLB. And we've got spring training grapefruit baseball here in Florida. Cactus League in Arizona. You were just in Arizona. You went, no, we never have talked about that. You went and checked out some, some minor league parks in uh, the Valley in Phoenix area. I've done that. It's yeah. amazing. Going to be checking out some spring training games here in Florida. You, when you get immersed in it, it just becomes part of you, you know, because just the media is all over it because we're in Florida and with the Vladdy thing, clearly you saw his quote about last season was just the trailer. This year is going to be the movie. And, you know, when rash said that the Blue Jays are the betting favorites to win the AL East last week on this show, I looked it up. He wasn't just whistling Dixie. Bet Regal has the Blue Jays as the favorites to win the division. I'm into it. I don't know if they're going to win or not, but at least we have a reason to follow every day. And I assume you are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, and that's it. You got to give me a reason to follow and, and stay into it. And you know what? Yeah. It was a little fortunate that we were in Phoenix, uh, you know, as, as spring training was opening. Um, it was disappointing to know they were still in the lockout when we were going down there, but lucky enough, it ended. We didn't get to see. Um, all of the uh, the pro players come in. It was more of the minor league guys that were getting started a day early, um, but got to spend some time around the you know the facilities and with the guys, and you know got to even speak to some of them. And you know it makes you want to follow it, you know, a little bit more. And it's cool to be a part of it. And you know, if the Jays are going to be good, and you got a reason to watch them day in and day out, I think I think it's exciting. I think it's really exciting.
5: Uh, Jeff Cibulis in Winnipeg says, I saw Chapman crush a bomb against the Pirates. Man, the Jays' bats are going to be lethal. That's why I wanted to read it in the the warm-up, which I did. 10-4, Blue Jays over the Pirates in Dunedin on Sunday. They're 2-1 in spring training. People are paying attention. And that's the point, is these guys want to talk about the CFL moving their hash marks closer together? Come on, guys. Between that and four downs, that's really all the CFL has going right now, other than There was a comment here. for Blue Bomber Brandon writes that he's watching on YouTube. He says the Colts are finalizing a trade for Matt Ryan. So we can get to that. Nelson Hackowicz says, Dupes, as a U-sports guy, who do you have your eye on as the CFL National Combine Week opens? So I shouldn't say the CFL doesn't have much going other than hash marks and four downs because they have the National Combine going. Who are you going to be watching, Moose?
2: Well, there's... (sighs) There's a few guys. I mean, obviously, from the Canada West. Make it quick. Offensive offensive linemen. That's the big thing I'll watch. Offensive linemen, including a a couple from uh, the Prairies. So Edmonton and uh, Saskatchewan, a couple of linemen in the combine.
5: Right. I wanted to give you the opportunity to answer the question, but I don't want to spend any more time on it than that. Um, Tacona Powley in Winnipeg. His real name's Paul. He says, Rod, can we talk
4: hash marks on Friday? It's Monday, dude. Get back to me maybe on Thursday. They talk about Jake DeBrusque signing in Boston. Talk about
5: fake news, man. Whatever happened to him asking for a trade out of Boston? Now they re-sign him. What changed? I,
4: I asked that rhetorically. I don't think you know.
2: No, but, you know, I've, I've been following the coverage, and, you know, one thought is that once you have the dollar figure You know, set out, it might be easier to make a trade once the contract's been settled on. The other thing is they moved Jake DeBrusque up to the top line in Boston, and he's found a lot of renewed success. So maybe they think, oh, we had him in the wrong place all along. He needs to be up on our top line, and now we want to keep him here long-term, and now he's a better fit for the organization. So I think that plays into it, too, for Boston. (laughs)
4: Look at you! Great answer by you. And,
5: by the way, what a novel concept. An employee describes why he's disgruntled and the employer does something to make him happy.
4: How about that?
5: John Ohm in Winnipeg. Um says not losing hope until the not-so-skinny lady sings.
4: Go Jets, go. Well, I get it. They're your team, so you can't give up. The
5: Winnipeg Jets aren't my team, so I gave up on them some time ago. And we talked about this in the warm-up in that, what are the Jets doing? They got Mason Appleton? Who else is left out there to get to augment your roster if you think you have something. We've heard it over and over and over again. The Jets like their group. I don't. But if you're a Jets fan, you have to. So no, John, you should not give up. But I'm just really happy, and I think that, as they say, God has great timing, that the Florida Panthers are going to go on this run, the Calgary Flames are going to go on this run, and this show is going back and forth between the two cities. That's going to be amazing. Um... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm jumping all over. Roger Yee is watching in Calgary. And he says, Foreigner was awesome at the Great Eagle, boys. Thanks again for the tickets. See you back here in April. We'll be back at the Great Eagle for our next residency beginning April 11th. Um, Moose, what, anything else that I have? Like, we've covered literally everything today. Before you come back for overtime, anything else you want to talk about? Oh, there is, there yeah, is, there is. A lot there. Jeff in Winnipeg okay. says, curling news, if anyone cares. Sorry, Jeff Cabellos, Caitlin Laws to skip her own team. Laws, McWish, Peterman, Ngovin, you had some curling stuff you went You got
2: 60 seconds. Let her rip. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Martin on a podcast over the weekend uh, dropped all the news. Um, Matt Dunstone's team is breaking up. He's going to curl in Manitoba. Gushu's got to make a move. Herdman, Herdman is... Coming in as, as uh, I think, Brett Gallant is leaving. Um, Kevin Cooey's team is breaking up. Um, our boy uh, Ben Hebert is going to curl with Brennan Botcher this upcoming season. So all these teams are, are making moves. And, uh, and Kevin, Martin's coming under a little fire here for spoiling the surprise. Uh, the teams are saying that they should be able to announce it on their own. Well, I'm watching trade deadline coverage where the insiders are breaking trades before the teams have chances to formally announce it that's what happens when you work in pro sports and if you want curling to be a pro sport and money to grow and interest from fans to grow um, these are the things that come along with it and i know a ton of curling fans who are just mind blown of all the the movement that's been happening seismic shifts in the world of curling
5: and again i'm all for it and if you want to be big time this goes with it sorry to say you don't own your own news and I saw Dunstone and Flash got ahead of it announcing it on their Instagram accounts themselves so maybe guys get your spit together the other rinks that didn't and stop complaining by the way some breaking news Dan UK watching on YouTube says breaking news Matt Ryan traded to the Colts per Jay Glazer the NFL grabs the headlines again they never really left we're going to be talking NHL trade deadline. No, William and Lloyd Minster says you can't talk football, Dan. No, 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 that's NFL. We'll talk NFL. They're in the headlines with interesting stuff. It's a trade, William. Would you please pay attention to what we're doing here? We'll talk NFL. Interesting stuff going down. Or We're going to talk trade deadline with Jeff Patterson next. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus Television Network, live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at RodPeterson.com.
3: Head to YouTube.com slash Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of The Rod Peterson Show.
5: Thanks for checking in, everybody. It is uh, your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk program, episode number 720. Great timing on the text line, by the way. Uh, Ron Thompson watching on Game Plus TV in Calgary writes in, and he says, Boilers still not traded for a goalie. I guess they want to golf this spring. I'm stunned. Um, joining us to talk about the NHL trade deadline. Out of Vancouver, longtime Canucks broadcaster. Reporter Jeff Patterson, and if I may, Memorial Cup champion with the Kamloops Blazers, JP. Looks like you are, uh, you look like Radio At uh, You're in the press box there at Rogers Arena? Cool.
6: I am. I'm in the rafters, sort of. Uh, I like your backdrop, though, with the palm trees, so uh, it's a little bit of a trade-off. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, look, yes, I broadcasted a Memorial Cup championship. Do not mistake me for a Memorial Cup champ. I had nothing to do with it, but I do hope I brought a little bit of something to the airwaves way back when.
5: Radio L, but I know you have a ring. Before we talk about what the Canucks have done or not done, what about today's moves at Marc-Andre Fleury? Did you see him going to Minnesota? I did not. And what do you think this does for the Wild?
4: Yeah,
6: I didn't see it a week ago, but certainly over the weekend, that chatter seemed to emerge, and so I guess I'm not shocked. Uh, you know, I thought the Wild looked like they were pretty solid in goal, but uh, clearly Bill Guerin with his connections to Marc-Andre Fleury from their time together in Pittsburgh, you know you know this as well as anybody, Rod, uh, hockey, is uh, it's played on the ice, but it's still a people business at the end of the day. And so there are those connections. And I guess Bill Guerin felt that uh, he needed a little bit of an upgrade. So now you've got Marc-Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot, and we'll see how far that goaltending takes them. I like a lot of what the Minnesota Wild have done. I like the acquisition of Nick Delorier the other day from Anaheim for a third-round pick. Uh, that's a big, strong team. And I know that the game is moving to speed and skill, but uh, come playoff time, I think there's certainly, uh, you know, an area and an element uh, of that physical nature that's required still to have success. So uh, I like a lot of what the Minnesota Wild have going, and, and I like that addition. I, I think Marc-Andre Fleury, with his championship pedigree, uh, he'll come in there, uh, give them the kind of goaltending. Wouldn't it be rich and delicious if they could uh, meet up with Vegas at some point uh, in the postseason? Although I think it would take a couple of rounds to get uh, on a collision course there. So uh, I'm not expecting that. But uh, Look, I, I, you don't go anywhere without goaltending in the playoffs. I heard you mentioning the Oilers. Uh, I am a little surprised that uh, Ken Holland, and there's still time here, uh, haven't done anything at the same time. You know, one of the, I think, understated storylines in the NHL here over the last uh, three weeks has sort of been the redemption arc of Miko Koskinen in Edmonton as well. Uh, they're on a run. He's performing a whole lot better at the same time. What I want to, Put all my chips to the middle uh, on Miko Koskinen as the Oilers guy come playoff time now. Uh, not there yet. So uh, it's a fascinating day around the National Hockey League, and uh, I think we're just heating up here as we head to the final hour before the deadline.
5: Mm, no doubt, no doubt. And you mentioned Vegas, Minnesota. Will they meet? They do meet today, and it sounds like the flower is going to start for the Wild and Goal. Last I heard, the Canucks, what they've done or not done, your analysis here over the, over the weekend and up to this deadline day today. Well, two
6: weeks ago, there was some real excitement in this city. Since Bruce Boudreaux took over, they have been on this remarkable run when it looked like the season was flushed. After 25 games, they had to make the coaching change, the whole housekeeping or house cleaning. And it's been a remarkable run to watch them have the success that they've had. They came home off a 3 and one road trip and had a seven-game homestand. Like, it all felt like it was right there in front of them to stay with this playoff pack, and they flushed the homestand. They won just two of the seven games, one of the last six, including uh, a shutout loss to Detroit the other night. They lost in overtime to Buffalo last night. And so I think uh, the die has been cast, if you will, with 18 games to go. Uh, I don't think there's going to be playoff hockey here in Vancouver uh, for yet another springtime. And, you know, they had some success in the bubble in Edmonton back in the summer of 2020. Of course, those games were played in Edmonton, not here in Vancouver. So it's been a while since there's been playoff hockey played. Here at Rogers Arena, you got to go back to 2015. It feels like it's so overdue, but uh, uh, the wait will continue. So uh, you saw them trade off Travis Hamonic yesterday. I thought that was a nice uh, piece of business on the part of Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine to get out from under what was left of this year. But there were still three million for next season for Travis Hamonic, who had been reduced to a, a part-time player essentially here. A lot of that is own doing with his vaccination status earlier, but he got hurt and was out for a couple of months. So. Uh, I was surprised that Ottawa was willing to take on the entire salary with no retention on the part of the Canucks, but uh, I like that deal. Uh, They turn one Travis into another, essentially getting Travis Dermott from the Leafs. He's a whole lot younger. He kind of fits the profile of what they're trying to build here, but uh, it's not enough. Uh, There is a lot of work that's still required for this team to get where it wants to be, and so I think we're all sitting here Eagerly anticipating the next hour or so, uh, Tyler Mott's name surfacing an awful lot a pending unrestricted free agent. Uh, I think that uh, a number of teams headed to the playoffs could use a Tyler Mott kind of player. Uh, also, Connor Garland's name has come up an awful lot here of late. Of course, he was re- acquired last summer, uh, signed to a five-year contract. It's been a bit of an underwhelming first season with, for Connor Garland, just 14 goals on the year. And he has uh, gone uh, 11 now without scoring at the wrong time of the season. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, But the Canucks need help. There's no doubt about it. Uh, There was the excitement of that playoff bubble that I referenced uh, from 2020. And you kind of thought that maybe that was the start of something special here in Vancouver. But uh, it's going to be two years in a row now without playoff hockey. And you do kind of wonder where this organization is going from here.
5: Well, as it turned out, that was a blip. But I have to say this massive hole, dug at the start of the year for the Canucks to be three points out, which is what I think it is as we sit here today would give me a lot of optimism for the future with this regime of Rutherford and Boudreaux. Is that how you guys are looking at it? Well, again, there are pieces in place, and I go back to that bubble in
6: 2020, and Elias Pettersson was a superstar in the bubble, a point-of-game guy in his first taste of playoff hockey. Bo Horvat rose to the challenge. JT Miller, in his first year with the Canucks, uh, did a lot of good things. Quinn Hughes, that was his first taste of the playoffs as well. Certainly wasn't uh, afraid of the big stage. Uh, but you look at what's happened since then, and some pieces obviously walked away in unrestricted free agency right after that. Jacob Markham, and Chris Tanev, uh, the Tyler Toffoli loss, uh, I still think uh, was a real blow to this organization. And so uh, there are pieces here, but it's been a disappointing year for Brock Besser. It's been a, an underwhelming year for Elias Pettersson, uh, who looks like uh, he's battling through some sort of wrist injury now. And of course, that kept him out of the final 30 games last season so you know you just wonder you say well there's lots of pieces here but where have these pieces got the vancouver canucks over the last few seasons and the answer is nowhere and so uh, it is a legitimate and a fair question to ask is it the right mix and i think that's what jim rutherford and patrick elvin are trying to figure out right now of course they were brought in because what was happening here in those first 25 games completely unacceptable they won eight times in the first 25 games so jim benning and travis green and others lost their jobs and I think Jim Rutherford, he's been at this long enough, and as the Stanley Cup rings to, to show for it, he knows he was brought in to affect some change here. So, uh, you know, a couple of deals yesterday. I, I still think uh, when the dust settles here on trade deadline day that uh, the Canucks are going to be active ahead of the deadline.
4: Cool.
5: JP, it's a busy day. I appreciate the time. Always good to see you, buddy. Glad things are going great. And uh, good luck down the trail here the rest of the way.
6: Anytime, Rod. Thanks for having me on.
5: Jeff Patterson joining us right from Rogers Arena in Vancouver. By the way, got a new viewer here. Tim Manto writes in and he says, Florida is building a team to beat Tampa. Yeah, buddy. And there's a lot of Lightning fans in this area that are now nervous. <clears throat> Brian Dodge. It's exciting what's going on with Florida. And the, and the exciting thing, by the way, when I got in here on this weekend the first thing I heard was people that don't even follow the Panthers at all or the NHL are now Panthers fans because of the hype that's going on in the Giroux trade. And I say, well, we've been here since day one, since September, since the preseason. And the Panthers know that, and uh, they respect it, and it's going to be a fun run. And I don't expect they're going to blow it. Nuh-uh. Moose will join us to put a wrapper on things in overtime next. More viewer takeover for our friends at Taco Time. And we welcome all the new viewers. Let's hear from you in viewer takeover next. You can also text us at 902-518-3033. You're watching the RP Show live from South Florida on Game Plus TV, live streaming on YouTube, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
3: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod.
5: And the studio is uh, South Florida. Beautiful, beautiful day down here. Everyone is. There's no moose. And I don't know if we're going to get the moose, and that's okay. He has been under the weather throughout the whole show. So you guys tell me if he rejoins us, but that's okay. I can handle it here in overtime, which is brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace. your home for the NHL and the UFC. And Trent in Norway just checked in. I don't have my Norwegian flag. I left it in Calgary, but he says Norway here. Minnesota pulled off the trade of the season. I don't think the Leafs did enough on the blue line, but they got better. I predict an all Florida conference final, but it's anyone's guess. That from Trent in Norway, and I'm glad that Trent, right on cue, Trent. That's what I wanted to talk about is this NHL trade deadline day, and the Greek freak, the owner of the four seasons, Georgie Nitsos, watching, I'm sure. The Leafs pulling off the trade, acquiring Mark Giordano on the weekend. As we bring the moose in, they tell me that he is there. Uh, The poll question, and I haven't updated the results. Clark, can you tell me in my ear, the poll question is this. Who's won the trade deadline? Who's improved their team the most? Who's leading? Florida? Thank you. He didn't give me his number. doesn't matter. Florida's leading. We had Florida, Minnesota, Toronto, and Calgary. And I actually thought Calgary, Darren, would, would, would win this poll. But everybody's saying the Florida Panthers. And that's exciting. By the way, Ryan McCarthy watching in New York says, is it just me or is it Mondays that go by the quickest on this show? They all go by fast. I don't know the answer to that. Randy from the Peg says, he's asked multiple times, any word on Ekblad's injury? The word on Ekblad's injury, Aaron Ekblad, is he's gone to long-term injured reserve. That's all we can say. But him breaking his leg, his right leg last year, do not think that didn't have an impact in a seven-game series against Tampa? Now, this is his left leg moose. There's that. But let me just wind this up by saying, how excited are you about the Leafs with the moves that they've made?
2: Yeah, I, I'm excited. I mean, you should be. Um, for me, it's not really about making moves. It's about the core guys, right? We've all, we've, we know the core guys, right? Whether it's Marner, Riley. Matthews, Nylander, those core guys have to get another year older, another year more mature, and they have to be able to deal with adversity in the playoffs. There's no doubt they're talented enough, there's a, but there's a lot of teams talented enough. You know, you need a little something extra when you get to the playoffs. So for me, it's about are they a little bit more mature and can they take that next step? You know, that's what we'll find out come the spring. The moves are good. I, I, I'm fine. I'm happy with the group. And it's the same in Calgary, right? Is this group ready to win in the playoffs, you know? And the big one will be Johnny Gaudreau for Calgary, right? He's fourth in the league in scoring, which I think shocks a lot of people. But in a contract year, he's playing really well. Can he translate that into the playoffs? That'll determine if the Flames can make it or not.
5: Jennifer from the Four Seasons says, unfortunately, I don't think the Oilers are going to do anything else today. Ugh. She actually referred to them as the oil so you know that she is a hardcore fan. Um, I would be very upset if I was an Edmonton order player. That's all I can say. I don't care that Koskinen is on a roll, and they've won five in a row going into tonight's game. He's not good enough, and everybody knows it. Jason and Red Deer says, time to extend the show to three hours, guys. LOL. Hey, you want to pay me for three hours? I'll do three hours. I'd be more than happy to be paid a third more. But we'd have to talk to our television partners. We'd have to talk to the Moose. Darren. Moose Dupont, and by the way, on the trade, the NFL trade, we got to spend a minute on that. The Indianapolis Colts acquiring Matt Ryan from the Falcons for a third-round pick. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem
2: like a lot to me, Moose. What do you think? Yeah, it doesn't, and they're they're wondering, you know, if it was the Falcons that, you know, couldn't get a deal done. Well, Um, I'm, you know, reading Adam Schefter on Twitter. Matt Ryan never asked the Falcons for another contract for an extension on his deal, Um, so he was ready to move on from Atlanta. And the Colts are a team that's built to win. Now you know they've got you know a strong offensive line. Their defense is is pretty good. Um, Got a safety valve in uh, in Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. I think you know they become a a threat. The Colts do in the AFC South. So it's a big move. It, It changes the landscape and. Now you start to wonder, okay, well, that's one destination that guys like Jimmy Garoppolo now uh, aren't going to go to. So the uh, quarterback uh, musical chair is, uh, is going to be a little different now moving forward. Yeah, yeah
5: but a ton, of, a ton of fun to follow. And, you know, yeah. that's what we're going to be talking about. I mean, I've been down here two days now, but not totally 48 hours. And it's just been NFL, 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 Little Panthers. NFL, NFL, NFL. That's the wonderful thing about the NFL is in South Florida, they're excited about talking about Deshaun Watson. And where's Baker Mayfield going to go? That is a national league, right, where it's not just regional. The NHL is a regional league. They're not talking about the Marc-Andre Fleury Minnesota trade here, right? They're talking about the Panthers, right? right? And that's, that's the difference. That's, I don't think fans understand that. Um, by the way, were the orders not doing anything? I don't think you were on with me here off the start. Would you not be disappointed if you were an, an Edmonton Oilers player? Forget the fans, a player? I would go... I'm sorry, we only have a minute left, but I saw some player at a podium talking about his team making moves here. I think it was in the NBA. And he's like, yeah, our GM wants to win. I think it was the NBA. That's how they look at it. If I'm the Orders, I'm thinking, what's our GM doing?
2: I know. I know, but there's not a lot of cap flexibility. They're kind of up against it when it comes to making a move. Uh, We'll see if Ken Holland can get creative here in the final uh, couple of hours, but it's going to be tough. Well, if they haven't done it by
5: now. Moose, thanks for toughing it out. Go crawl under the covers, my friend. You got it. You got it. I'm not too sure uh, what we got coming up tomorrow. Follow our social media channels. Unless you want to yell at me in my ear right now, Clark. (laughs) Ha <laughs> nothing to Follow our social media channels and we'll talk to you tomorrow at noon Eastern here on Game Plus.
3: <laughs> Angering people is a gift of mine. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit RodPeterson.com.